We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Monday morning edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you today. We'll talk some football. Lane Kiffin spoke to Alex Scarborough of ESPN. We'll go over that a little bit. We'll talk about spring practice as it enters week two. Here this uh, this week, we have a Final Four set that uh, no one predicted, literally. They're out the, uh, the country and all the brackets. We'll get into that a little bit toward the end of the show. We'll obviously go into that some as the week moves on as well. I wonder if anybody in the whole entire country had three of the four. Probably not. I don't know the answer to that. but like, I wonder how many in the country had two of the four. No one seeds, no two seeds, no three seeds. Yeah, I mean crazy it's it's interesting we'll get into it all week yeah you're fine but i didn't get to see a lot of basketball over the weekend because i was driving but yesterday as the miami texas game ended and i guess that was nance on that call i I don't know whoever it was was like hey it's gonna be these new people and that's okay you could already hear the tv people kind of doing the hey the truth is america likes brands we do. We like Brandon. We sort of want that Saturday to be Duke and We Carolina want Cinderella to hit midnight on the second weekend. Yeah. Get through the first weekend. That's we, cool. We love Cindy showing up at the Sweet 16, but we but like her to disappear go home. at that point. Yes. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty interesting. Well, I'll tell you, I saw it on Twitter. I think I think it was Corey Keyes. Ken Palm is who really benefits from this, this tournament because I, I saw where – yeah, sure. It's names that we are not familiar with being in Final Fours. Obviously, San Diego State or Florida Atlantic is going to play for the national title. They'll play the winner of UConn in, in Miami. The Ken Palm end of regular season rankings, however, though, for the final five teams remaining in the field, mm-hmm. UConn 1, Texas 5, San Diego State 14, FAU 17, Miami 26. I mean, yeah. obviously, not yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, yeah, but no. not like they're chopped liver either. No, he's really good. And the net ratings were, were pretty close to that too. It's kind of I a I mean that it's kind of a validation. Take the uniforms off and Well now look, San Diego State all year will get after they you. They will right defend there. your ass. Yeah. 
Yeah, Joey said a lady he works with got two of the four. I, I, if somebody got three of the four, it's the one where they pick the brackets off the colors or the mascots or when you call your mom, you know, was it? I mean, I can see someone picking Connecticut to make the final oh, four. Oh, sure, easily. They, they, they were playing really, really well. I mean, I Miami can, can be trendy. Miami, and, and they're good. But nobody picked San Diego State. And nobody <laughs> picked FAU. And the fact that either FAU or San Diego State will play for the national title a week from tonight is remarkable. Yeah. And one of them will. Yeah. So, Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, Blue Sky locations. Remember, they've been away box seats, Ole Miss baseball games. Next series at home, Arkansas in a couple weeks. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, the Saturday game is where you can uh, enter to win to get those tickets for that game. Use hashtag RebelReady. You add the Oxford Exxon, you put your message in, they'll pick a winner. Give away some box seats to Swayze Field for the Rebels and the Razorbacks here coming up. Um, lunch specials, plenty of different items, 40 cent fill, 49 cent fill-ups when your soft drinks and much more. And again, come to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Um, the dealership was not harmed in the uh, in the storm over the course of the weekend, so but keep in mind that uh, a lot of those people there probably were impacted by what happened, but they'll still be right there, wanting to be your car guy, wanting to be your truck guy because they are fantastic at what they do. We've had a very busy car month in our house with just stuff with cars, and Corey and the people at Clark Ford have been great. They'll be great for you as well. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundred. Guest will join at some point this week on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive, uh, you're wanting to uh, put your career in your own hands, if you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ludeke can help. Uh, Andy's a longtime uh, Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, a franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream, through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Or you can call Andy at 404-973-9901. Yeah, thanks for the text. Twitter mentions things from people over the course. I I was not even aware of the storms until I woke up the next morning. Had a lot of mentions at that point. Um, From a family standpoint, there's some property damage with some people, but... Everyone that uh, is, is family with me is safe that is uh, is an Amory at this point. But a lot of damage to the high school. The, the facilities were just demolished and then went through a, a, several residential areas where roofs and, and, and different issues were there. So a lot of work to be done. Also, obviously, in Rolling Fork where they took massive damage over the course of uh, of town down south there as well. So uh, appreciate with that. They're doing a lot of drives. I saw Oxford was doing one this week. Um, have some Amory flavor there with a couple coaches and AD and, and whatnot. So um, wherever you are, there's ways to uh, to help if you are so inclined to uh, to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into baseball. We'll get into football. We'll get into some stuff. The the basketball thing, though, it was a great day yesterday. If you're just trying to watch basketball, you've got San Diego State winning on a free throw with 1.2 seconds left on a foul that was somewhat reminiscent of the way the Super Bowl ended. Um, so I listened to that game driving, and it was, it was a fascinating listen because – as you start the game, I'm like, I don't know who plays for Creighton. I don't know who plays for San Diego State. State. So they're saying names. And I'm like, well, which dude? And, <laughs> which and, team is that? <laughs> and who, I guess it was Harlan on the call. He's amazing. He's awesome. I think he started thinking to himself, you know what? 
I've got people listening to me, and they don't know who these people are, and I'm going to have to say Williams of Creighton. And he started naming team with players. Yeah. And it's helped me so much. And so by the second half rolled around, I sort, of, I sort of knew who was who. And then they got to that call. And in the call, they they basically explained that whoever the analyst was was really good. And he explained, hey, look, that was the right call. You hate for it to get called in that moment. But it was a foul. And when you watch the replay, and I still haven't seen the replay. When you see the replay, it is a foul. And... It is a foul. It affected nothing. It did not. He would have change. missed the shot anyway. I do not think it had any impact on the play. Okay. My opinion could be wrong. People in the stream can argue with me all you want to. I, I get why it was called. By textbook definition, it was a foul. I get it. You shouldn't punish the offense because there's one second left on the clock when you need to call a foul. Right. However, no, it did not. It did not change anything at all. It was. Uh, yeah. No. Not. 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 Not really. Um. I would not have called it. Now, I'm weird like that. I admit it. It's not the right way to go about it. I would not have thrown the flag in the Super Bowl. Like, just just saying. If thing is not impacted at that point, I'm not deciding the game right. on that. Um, and I also, look, I actually only know people who went to San Diego State. Eric Winter went to San Diego State. Yep. Head of Rivals.com. I actually know several people who went to San Diego State. I don't know a soul who went to Creighton um, at all. But I found myself pulling for Creighton during the game for a reason that I have no understanding of whatsoever. Yeah. But I did. As I'm watching, I'm going, yeah, Blue Jays. Okay, cool, sweet. I, I just didn't really care. I, I, I've i kept up with Greg McDermott over the years, the coach at Creighton, because his son Doug played in the NBA for a while. But, I, yeah, I, I didn't have any... I didn't have any. I mean, you emotional... weren't losing sleep that night over San Diego State and Creighton, but... No, I mean, I, I just had no... I had no rooting interest and so listening to it was kind of interesting I, I actually in when i started listening to it i'm like i'm not going to stay with this i'm going to go to something different but i did i kind of stayed with it and by the end it was well it's one hell of a game were you pulling for miami or texas miami 88 81 really tight miami kind of pulled away in the final minute there it was tied with a minute to go for some reason i have had a little bit of a soft spot for jim laranega for years oh. and so i sort of cheered for miami okay but I didn't care. Had Miami not won, I I was going to get over it in about. I was just still. I came home intending to get up, come up here, and work on 10 thoughts and turn the game on. And then I didn't at all. I'm, I am on thought number eight this morning. I will have 10 thoughts published fairly soon today. But I ended up just kind of watching the rest of that game. And it was, I don't know, I, I caught myself cheering for Miami, and I have no no reason why. <laughs> I don't like their uniforms, and it makes them kind of pull up, me pull against them. Because you're looking for reasons. Like, I, again, I got yeah. nothing, or whatever. And Texas and, is and a good story. And I was story. enjoying Chris Del Conte's, what had to be going on in his mind of, I have to hire this guy if he keeps winning. And It looks like he's going to hire him anyway. Is it, does it really? Yeah. There's reports that, that that's getting done. Uh, really? You wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't. Now, I don't know whether they've been turned down a couple of times privately. Lawyer Mike says, Neil, my wife had to, my wife to be and I were traveling to Northwest Arkansas this week, past weekend. I turned on the podcast and she said she hated it, meaning the podcast. What should I do? 
I mean, it's not too late. Not wife too to be is not wife. Might be a sign. You should run for the hills. Creighton has an interesting history sort of in basketball. I mean, obviously, McDermott's been there for a while now, but two of their three coaches prior to that were Dana Altman and Willis Reed. Yeah. Willis Reed coached it. Yeah. Creighton, Creighton. for a little while there. Because he got Benoit Benjamin out of Monroe to oh, go really? to Creighton. Mm-hmm. Willis Reed's a North Louisiana guy. I, I give you credit. You expanded my my basketball knowledge, I guess, over the weekend or whenever you said this. You made a post, and I read it, and then I had no idea what you're talking about, which was the point guard from ULM back in the day. I had to look her up. Unjung Lee? Yeah, her. I had mm-hmm. never heard of that name whatsoever, and I got down a little bit of a rabbit hole with, I guess, at that point, she was no, northeast Louisiana, the Indians, but... There was a doubleheader at Louisiana Tech. We will get off this quickly. I, I promise I'm moving I on. I promise. There was a doubleheader at Louisiana Tech when the men played at 5 o'clock. Carl Malone played for the men. They played against McNeese. Joe Dumars played for McNeese. It was a hell of a college basketball game. Dumars and Malone. It was a hell of a college basketball game. If I recall, Tech won by one or two points. The arena had to be cleared because following that, the women, the lady texters, played what was then Northeast Louisiana, NLU, which is now ULM. Right. And that place was jam-packed to the gills. Intensity. Kim Mulkey, Unjung Lee, all of those people. Incredible. We'll do plenty of basketball, but you got you got UConn winning. They're the best team. Yeah, I mean, you look at what UConn did to Arkansas, and then what UConn did to Gonzaga. Their closest game's fifteen points, I think. I don't know how anybody beats them. Like everybody started making fun of Arkansas the other day, and I was like, "Did you guys watch that game? That had nothing to do with with Arkansas. That had everything to do with UConn." And then they turn around and do the exact same thing to the Zags, and and you're like, "See." They just ran through Gonzaga. Yeah. Just. Gonzaga has had a hard time the last two years bouncing back on that second game. They spend so much energy in the first game of the weekend. You know, they did it against the other day against UCLA. Last year, they kind of got to the final, but just had nothing left. Last time they do, they were, they were mm-hmm. there. They've just kind of struggled. And teams do. It's not unique to Mark View and Gonzaga. But nonetheless, that was. It should surprise no one, by the way, that Kim Mulkey, the basketball player, was as intense a basketball player as you will ever see in any sport. She hasn't lost it. It, 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 Not even a little bit, but it it is the coaching intensity that you see from her is not made up. She dressed fairly normally last night. She was scrappy. She did not go all Queen of Sparkles last night. She looked pretty pretty normal in her attire. I, I watched a minute of their win over Miami last night. They had two point guards at Tech, Jennifer White and Kim Mulkey, and it was like the big argument in Ruston, like who was the best. Oh, really? Who was the better one? I was kind of team Jennifer because she was. This gained a lot of, of traction kind, down there. Like, she was kind of attractive. You're naming a lot of stuff that like was talking points in this. I mean, it oh, was, I mean, I remember it. It was like big time. I mean, it's all anybody talked about. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. There, it was quite the debate. Like, okay. Y'all do realize how good this men's team is, and we're just focused on the women. Yeah. Uh, 
Ole Miss women bowed out in the Sweet 16, losing to Louisville by uh, 10, 72-62 on Friday night to uh, to finish up their season. Like I said last week, I think it gives them a chance to to build a little more even nationally in the portal. I think they have a, an identity that should help that program moving forward in the next year. Louisville had its season in last night to uh, Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. She's incredible. She's um, amazing. She had the first ever – nobody in the, either NCAA tournament had ever had a triple-double with 30 or more points. She had 40 or more points last night for uh, for the Hawkeyes. They uh, they won by 14, I think, something like that. It was like 97-83, something like that, over Louisville last night. So it's Iowa, LSU, South Carolina. Waiting on – well, that, uh, that's night. But I'm assuming. You're going to go ahead and pencil South Carolina in? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then there's another game. Okay, gotcha. Somebody else was playing. Um, I'd like to see Iowa, South Carolina in a final just to see if Caitlin Clark could do it by herself. They're in the semis. It's next. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I might actually watch that. Virginia Tech plays somebody. Plays Ohio State, I believe. Ohio State knocked off UConn, by the way. UConn's first year not in the Final Four since 2007. Oh, how about that? I think that's right. I feel somewhat certain that is that is that is correct yeah tonight we got maryland south carolina at six o'clock and ohio state virginia tech at eight okay those are your games maryland's a two south carolina's a one virginia tech's a one ohio state's a three okay iowa 97 louisville 83 lsu 54 miami 42 this is kim mulkey's second year at lsu and they're in the final four that is correct yeah She's a force of nature. I guess they will play the winner of Ohio State and Virginia Tech in the semis. <laughs> Kyle Wilson, can you imagine if Coach O and Coach Mulkey had a kid? No. B. Okay. No. Uh, and I don't have a problem with their outfits, by the way. I'm with Ginger here completely. We're talking about it. Be you. And if that's who you are, go for it. I'm so used to just seeing Kim Mulkey because of how many times they showed her on the screen during Kramer Robertson's games that I just sure. Yeah. And like, she's one of like the 10 most recognizable people in the world to me at this point. I'm like, yeah, that's Kim Mulkey. All right, cool. Sweet. She's good for that sport. Oh, she's great. For sport. Fun. At least she's paying her a shit ton of money and she's winning game. I, I, the S I, I know we have stuff to talk about. I, I get it. I'm just kind of getting to a break at this point, but I I am a little curious what happened with national respect in the SEC because the Athletic had Ole Miss ranked the 18th best team in the country and they were an eight seed and then LSU's like 34 and two and they were a three seed. Yeah, one of those, and one of those losses was Carolina. Yeah, I mean, who is undefeated? Yeah, so I don't, LSU had I, 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 LSU had one quote loss. I don't um, understand whatever. the value put on the league at this point. Because, I mean, frankly, the SEC typically gets benefit of doubt from that standpoint. And they were very undervalued inside inside the inside the, the kind of the national conversation for whatever reason. Yeah, LSU currently is 32-2. and two, And they were a three seed. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about the sport. Well, I don't either. Yeah, but, so I just can't go there. I don't know. But I feel like the one seed that woke up and saw LSU with their three went, hold on a minute. Oh, and race. Sure. I got a question. Kim Mulkey and 32 and two. Yeah. SEC team. How are they at three? Yeah. That seems a little, a little whatever. That's all I'm saying. 
I mean, they're two losses, scanning. <laughs> the Russell Westbrook of coaches. Yeah, it's fair. They lost to Carolina, and they lost in the SEC tournament to Tennessee 69-67. Those are their two losses. She's just super intense. That's all I can tell you, Georgia. I mean, she's always been that way. She was that way as a player. Crazy. Like, I knew people who coached her, and they they said she was just wired that way. So, going to go to football after the break in a second. I'll tease it here. Uh, Lane Kiffin talked to Scarborough of ESPN. Story Scarborough. came out a few days ago. Are you let's do this and then we'll actually get into the meat of the story after the break. Are you surprised he did that interview and why do you think now? What do you think Lane's purpose of that interview was? Am I surprised he did the interview? No. It tells me that we probably didn't follow up enough after it was over, maybe because we were so sick of it. It also told me that he wanted to do that with the national media person. And it told me that he's a little irritated with the attitude towards him from the fans right now. And so I I thought the story was, there wasn't a whole lot in it, but there were two or three things that were pretty interesting. I Frankly, I had begun to question my own reporting a little bit. Like, was was I was I dreaming stuff? Did, it, did was it was it never serious? I mean, I was starting to wonder that, and, and yeah. then I, and I know, I know, but I was because you get these people that are like, he was never taking the job, he was never considering the job, his family, blah blah blah. I mean, I had someone telling me that Knox wanted him to take the job, that the daughter didn't want him to take the job, but that Knox did want him to take the job. I don't have any idea. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'd gotten to a point where I was starting to ask myself questions like, did I just miss it? And then I got that story and I was like, nope, we were right. Okay. I, it was kind of like cleansing as a reporter. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll talk about both sides of it. We'll do that coming out of the break. First, we'll do that too about the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. And speaking of football, season will be here before you know it. You can get your season ticket renewals. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on your account at OleMissTicks.com or calling the Ole Miss Ticket Office at 662-915-7159. And remember, excitement's building around Ole Miss basketball, the men's and women's. The ticket office currently accepting new season ticket orders for both sports. You can submit your order today by calling that number, 662-915-7159, OleMissTicks.com. And remember, current season ticket holders can renew starting July First for that, also Morgan Wallen, MorganWallen.com for tickets to the two-night concerts at Vault Hemingway Stadium coming up. It's LSU Baseball Weekend, April tw- April 22nd, April 23rd here in Oxford. Again, MorganWallen.com. Oh, the LSU Baseball Series is here? Yeah. Why did I think it was there? Don't know. I'm glad you said that. Because they won down there. They swept them in Baton Rouge last season. Oh, that's right. I need to fix that in 10 thoughts before I publish, or else I'm just walking right into a hornet's nest. <laughs> the overall point of what I was writing. At was- A&M, Arkansas, at State, LSU. Oh, okay. I should have known that. I'm glad I was listening to you talk. Walk on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. 
You can also order online at walkons.com or on their convenient walk-ons app. If you're looking for a place to watch the Final Four, watch college baseball this weekend, whatever the case may be, Major League Baseball, it gets started. Um, walk-ons in Oxford or Ridgeland, and make sure you tell them that you appreciate them sponsoring our little show. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. So shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. We're also brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S. under the highest standards. It's based out of Iuka. If you take diabetes meds, high blood pressure meds, or cholesterol medications, you know that they typically cause some side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss uh, due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support, puts those vitamins back into your body, um, eliminates the side effects, keeps you more compliant in taking your medications, and that leads to you staying healthier over the long term. It's available in local independent Pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, and on their site, solutionsrx.com. You can also type in the promo code OEP at checkout. That's OEP and get 10% off your first order. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Pick prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G&M also, you can transfer your medications easily. You make one phone call. They take care of the rest. They're with Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs or GNM. So we can give them a call and we'll see how their community pharmacies can help you out. 662-236-2222. So, again, Lane talked to uh, Alex Scarborough, that story at ESPN. It came out on the 24th, so a few days ago. And some interesting quotes, uh, I think, the lead talked about that, how he felt conflicted with the criticism he received from fans over how he handled the process. We screw up all the time, but when you think you're doing the right thing and when you're really criticized for it, especially by your own people, I struggle with that because I feel like I went through a decision-making process that you're supposed to go through. I mean, you get, well, you got to decide it's your life and your family's life. He goes on to say, I felt like it would have been a distraction to make this big statement 24 hours before the game and making it about me. So I thought I was doing the right thing by saying, okay, I'm going to avoid making this about me. You guys go play. But just so you know, you won't have to sit here and worry your coach is leaving tomorrow after the game or something. I'm staying. I just haven't made it known publicly. I told him thinking that's what obviously matters the most. And because we lost, it wasn't done right. If we won, nobody would have cared. Sometimes the right thing to do doesn't always go right in areas um let's see looking for any other quotes that's it it. yeah pretty much 
so tell me, because I'm not even disagree a little bit. Kind of go back up, go back up to the top. So we'll take these quotes one at a time. All right. Talking about how we handle the process. We screw up all the time, but when you think you're doing the right thing and then you're really criticized for it, especially by your own people, I struggle with that because I feel like I went through a decision-making process you're supposed to go through. If everybody will remember back, obviously tons of heat the night of the Arkansas game. That's when Cole and Jordan and all did the whole, hey, take the players to Auburn with you, all that stuff that was really strange in the middle of the Razorback blowout of the Rebels. Mm-hmm. And then... That entire sockle off all happens on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Lane has two quick meetings with his players over the course of those next few days. One one day and then one the next night prior to the Egg Bowl. The second one a little more forceful than the first on, hey, I'm here, I'm hanging, don't listen to the noise, whatever it was he said. Both leaving some outs if you wanted to take that, but he was both affirmative in staying both times. Look, there's a lot going on in the process at the same time. Multiple industry people have talked about coaches that would have gone on a Lane Auburn staff. I mean, it's it's very, very – it's very in-depth <laughs> on why people believe that there was real consideration here. Because there was. Yeah, he, exactly. He, and he admits it here. So point being, you kind of get it from his situation. The, Tell me that why. part? Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Brian Harson gets fired, what, October 30th-ish? Sure. Uh, October 31st, Halloween. Okay. I was, that was a Monday, if I recall. It was a Lane Kiffin press conference day. It was late morning. It was right before Lane came in to talk to us. And I asked him about Auburn immediately. I didn't ask him specifically about him and Auburn, but he obviously knew that he was on that's the where this was going. He didn't shoot it down because he couldn't shoot it down because he was seriously considering it. People do semantics on these things, as you know, Chase. Well, Lane Kiffin didn't interview for the job. What does that mean? Lane Kiffin didn't interview for the job. Does that mean he didn't go fly to Auburn and conduct an interview? Sure, by that. Are you telling me there were no conversations? or that those conversations weren't sort of all conducted through intermediaries? Because we can do semantics about whether you did or did not interview for the job. There was a process, and Lane was involved in that process. And anyone who thinks he wasn't, you're kidding yourself. I think there was a part of him that wanted to take the job. I think he was conflicted. Um, then the Alabama game happened. And once Ole Miss lost to Alabama and was eliminated from the playoffs, the story heated up. If you remember, the Alabama game was like November the 12th. 12th. And so if you think about it, those first 12 days of November, even though the Kiffin stuff was percolating, he wasn't getting asked about it. The media was, we either didn't do our job or we were respectful, whichever way you want to look at it. I don't know. But the focus was on the Alabama game. And when that game ended, and Ole Miss clearly at that point wasn't going to Atlanta, they weren't going to the playoffs, the the story shifted from, well, I know they play at Arkansas Saturday, but that's not really the story. And by the middle of that week, the story had begun to intensify. He didn't kill it because how could he kill it when he was seriously considering it? I'm literally convinced And this story did nothing but convince me further that on that Saturday night, 
Lane Kiffin believed he was going to 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 Auburn. I'm I'm convinced of it now. I I, I can't speak for Cole Kubelik and the other people on that broadcast, but look, they knew something. We all knew something. I sat next to um, um, Brandon Marcello. Thank you. Brandon Marcello was there that night. Now, he lives in northwest Arkansas, so it was a convenient little drive, but he wasn't there to cover the Razorbacks and the Rebels. He was there to ask Lane Kiffin questions postgame. And I asked questions postgame. And you asked Marcello kind of what he knew. And I asked Marcello at that point, hey, you're not here for kicks and giggles. What do you, what do you think? I mean, you're obviously connected. And Brandon believed... And he said, he goes, look, I mean, in fairness, I don't think I'm violating a privacy here. He said, look, it could change, but I think Auburn thinks they've got him. And Lane's answers that night, if you remember, I, I did the podcast with you afterwards, and you had heard the same things. It was pretty obvious that he was at least strongly considering the job. You know, Look, he had begun the process. When I say he had intermediaries, agents, yeah. the process of, hey, what would a staff look like at Auburn? They were down that road. What changed between Saturday and Monday, Monday and Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday? I don't know. Family, um, sweat equity. I don't know. I don't know. Something changed. So I don't have a problem with him saying I didn't want to shoot it. Or down. he was uh, it, it it best worst whatever the the way you want to look at it is. He just didn't know, so he was going down both roads. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I know if I take it, I've got to do this. So let's, right. to some extent, do that. But, hey, I'm probably okay here, too. And I'm in the vast minority of the people who don't think that was the reason that they got blown out in Arkansas that night. No, I think it's why they lost to Mississippi State. I agreed. I think there was a lot. Like, the whole Arkansas night was a lesson in... It was weird. ...in just how weirdness kicks in. Yes. Because... If he were really locked in and focused at 42 to 6 when Sanders makes the long run. And you run, have a game in five days. You just go, hey, look, this is embarrassing. I not our it. night. Not our night. This happens. But I'm not going to lose twice tonight. I'm getting some guys off the field. I'm going to wave the white flag. Sam's got a game on Friday. Maybe he'll see the white flag and go, hey, we're going to take our guys out too. Hey, KJ, come sit. Yeah. And let's get the hell out of here and let it be. But instead, it was a weird look that night. They chased points. And instead of losing 42 to 13, they lost 42 to 27, I think. I don't even remember. Something like that. And played 98 offensive snaps. I remember there was a play where Jackson Dart goes like way up in the air, got hit trying to score, lands funny. And I'm thinking, well, there went that. And he was okay, but, you know, it's like, Craig, what are you doing? And the only explanation was I didn't want it to look so bad because. Or, but frankly, it's it's also, it's it's one of the places where, and I think he would probably, when he's not emotional or in the middle of a game, would say this. You saw this throughout the year. You've seen this through the entire Kiffin tenure. He has a hard time turning games off. It's yes. frankly just one of his issues. It is. Is stopping when a game is gone either way. I mean, Dart and Judkins have both took hits throughout the season that were unnecessary late in games that were decided. The LSU. Game in Baton Rouge, yeah. Yeah, that game was over. Yeah. And, and you're out there. You're getting popped. You're getting popped. There is a certain, hey, it just is what it is. And it's not his nature to wave the white flag, but sometimes you got to wave the white flag. You got to live to fight another day, lose the battle, win the war. And look, here's the deal. And here's, 
in a vacuum, I understand what Lane is saying. I get it. At the same time, well, had we won, nobody would have cared. Well, of, of course. You're, you're playing SEC football. The second quote, the one about yeah, the Wednesday I, night, I disagree with them completely. Yeah. Come you on. would if, if you had made the decision to stay, that decision was made, you should have put that out publicly. You could have completely stopped that narrative. You could have put it to bed. That Thursday would have had a different feel inside that stadium. I think they win the game. And they probably win the game. That was a weird egg bowl. Because Lane thought they were going to run away with it even when his kid grabs the fire extinguisher and the game's halfway over and State looks kind of listless. And you go, okay, fine. They'll, they'll get through it. Nine and threes, nine and three. Yeah, we've and, rewritten some history because Mike Leach passed away. State yeah. didn't give a damn that night. I mean, Troy Brown on his show with me said it was the weirdest rivalry game I was ever a part of because really nobody wanted to be out there. Both teams. He goes, it really wasn't very intense. Wasn't as intense as Western Michigan, Central Michigan, where they hate each other. He was talking about the field. Yeah, sure. On the field, because I know it just wasn't a lot of stuff. And I remember watching the game going, this does not look or feel like an Ole Miss-Mississippi State game. No, because usually we're like, oh, God. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was just kind of nothing. And I, I think the atmosphere inside that stadium would have been different if Lane Kiffin had said on Wednesday, "I'm not leaving." Maybe he was trying to justify it. I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean Lane's not going to tell me the answer to this. I just don't understand the purpose of the story because at the end of the day, it is about winning football games, and you didn't win football games to end the season. So saying that you're upset with the criticism. Yes, had you beaten Arkansas or Mississippi State, people wouldn't be as upset. I mean, that's... that's Well, sure. sure. If, you, if you lose to Arkansas and beat Mississippi State, you go, what, 9-3? And, three, and, and, and three. You, you go to the Citrus Bowl. Because you look like crap in the bowl game, too, which yeah. nobody's holding against you because it's a bowl game, but whatever. I mean, well, it, it was a it, crappy bowl game, and you looked like crap while you lost in that bowl game. And you lost yeah, five I, of your last six games, and you had the I'm Auburn thing. I'm just having and, a hard time with... There's at least the connotation. I think it's too strong of a word. But there's the connotation that he's playing victim a little bit. And you're getting, you got a raise, kept your job, and you lost to end the year. I mean, like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, Am I, I wrong here? I don't think he's playing victim. I, I do think, I understand why the people that say he is. I, I, it, I think that's too strong, but it, there is a bit of It comes across as a certain degree of whining. Like, what, you, what, why are you people upset? And it's like, oh, come on, Lane. Why would they not be upset? But the truth is, is you get these people, the super fans that are out there. No offense to you guys. I love you. He didn't consider the job. Yes, the hell he didn't. He did. There's the proof right there in the quote. He did. Now, was it a distraction to the team? I don't know. Did he handle it the right way? He says he did. That's And that's worth noting so that sure. the next time something rolls around, if there is a next time. He appears to be comfortable with the way he handled the process. And I do I do get the, hey, I don't know, so I can't say anything. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, The I, words were careful on Tuesday and Wednesday. He didn't want to say, I'm not going, and then went. He didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do the Tuberville, Saban. And thing. he literally referenced Tommy Tuberville. Yeah. So he had done his history on he how this the, all, and he admitted he had done his research. I mean, I, I I can tell you research was being done. I talked to some of the people who were doing the research. We can all say what we want to say about whoever on the Auburn beat or whatever. They weren't making it up. The national people that weekend weren't making it up when they started really intensifying the 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 Kiffin to Auburn talk. It wasn't being made up. I didn't. 
bail on my girls on the Friday in Fayetteville so that I could run to the hotel to write columns and hot boards because I wanted to. We were hearing things. I mean, I heard something very specific on Friday afternoon. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I know who told me. I know how specific it was. You start hearing that kind of stuff, and you're like, okay, well, this is this is going down. And the fact that he wasn't shooting it down at all on that Saturday night after losing to Arkansas told me that this was serious. And I don't know what changed. Frankly, that would be the really interesting human story for him if he wanted to further this. What ha- hey, Lane, what happened between Saturday and Wednesday to change? Because look, Cole Kublik and those guys are pretty good at what they do. Cole's really good at what he does. Cole's a professional. Cole wants to be a professional. He does not want to be viewed as nothing but an Auburn guy. And they were strong that night because they knew something. They just knew something, Chase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do, I do agree with Grant. I don't think Lane believes he needs to mend a fence. Mm-mm. Frankly, I think that was some of the indecision, just sort of like what to do and how to handle PR things after he signed the new contract was, I mean, I think Ole Miss would have liked him to come out and go, hey, I really got to fix some stuff. Because his Q rating took a hit, whether it should or shouldn't have. Yeah, no, it definitely Inside did. the fan base, Lane plummeted it from a Q rating def- standpoint. Definitely took a hit. Now, you can get it back. It's sure. not, I mean, Easy. come on. It's not complicated here. Not even a little. Win a few games and suddenly it's all good. But win a few games and suddenly people start talking about another job. This is going to get testy fast. His daughters are Landry and Presley, by the way, in the stream. I I, I don't know. 
there's a, one of his daughter's good friends yeah. is apparently coming here, and that has yeah. turned into his other daughter, yeah. and that's not it. He referred to her as his daughter, but just, he, he was joking. Yeah, just, it's, not, it's not factual. Just, yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's in our stream. Sorry, podcast. Yeah, I know. <sighs> You look like you have a thought. Nah, I, I, the, the, there's just a, there's a difference in the way a fan views what happened that night in terms of the broadcast and the way that a, a journalist views what happens with the broadcast. And there's no, there's no uh, bridging that gap. It just is what it is, and it's fine. Everybody, everybody, it's no big deal. Yeah, we'll stay on the topic. We'll stay with football before we do that. I'll tell you about John Still Creamery. John Still Creamery dot com six six two four one nine nine two zero one. Go to their Instagram page. Tons of videos, photos of all their great items. You can also shop right there online. So many different offerings from Johnson Hill Creamery. Their charcuterie trays, their in-house cheeses they make every single day, and much more. So let them help you out with your uh, catering. They even do showers, weddings, different times, things like that. So Johnson Hill Creamery, again, 662-419-9201. JohnsonHillCreamery.com. Our friends at Dead Soxy have a free gift for you. The gift is exclusive. So head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels, and uh, you'll be the first to hear about exclusive collaborations, uh, new products, and even receive freebies on the regular by joining the NIL subscription. That means that you'll not only have the freshest socks in town, but you'll also be contributing directly to Ole Miss Athletics, helping support your favorite players as your first gift for signing up. You'll uh, receive a free pair of limited edition Juice Kiffin socks, only available to members to get your gift. All you have to do is add a pair of socks from Dead Soxy's Ole Miss NIL subscription to your cart, and your free pair of Juice Kiffin socks will automatically appear in your cart. No membership fees to become a member. All you have to do is start your subscription by adding one pair of NIL socks to your cart, choosing how often you want new pairs from the Ole Miss collection delivered. So head over to Dead Soxy dot com slash rebels sign up for the nil subscription today to show your support my 10 weekend thoughts will be up a little bit later uh, today it's brought to you by game changer patches the only two patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start warm-up patches used before or while you drink the overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep the all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play go to gamechangerpatch.com promo code rebelgrove20 at checkout for 20 percent off your purchase. ACS is owned by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more about ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry, Lamons 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford, serving the Oxford area for the past three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Podcast is brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Forge Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra help. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, 
as well as parts of Union and Pontotoc counties for those who previously did not have internet. 662-238-3159. I mean, look, it's, it's getting paid a lot of money. It's going to win football games. That's bottom line here. The rest of it is noise that will go one way or the other either way. If he goes 7-5, and five, then everybody's going to bring it back up and have issues. Mm-hmm. And if he goes 10-2, and two, there will not be a peep of anything to do with Auburn or – If he beats Auburn – one conversation. If he loses to Auburn, it'd be another, be another conversation. conversation. Is that fair? Nope. Is that the Welcome way? Welcome to is? college football. Yep. That's so. This is look. It's filling podcast time. It's fun to talk about, but I dread that week. You don't want to do a week of Hugh retrospective. I don't. You know. I suspect we will. I don't want to. Ten best Hugh Freeze moments. Ten worst Hugh Freeze moments. Caroline, Auburn Ole Miss through the years. Caroline said, hey, Dad's weekend has, has been set. And I was like, when is it? And it's that day. I was like, oh, son of a. But, hey, it gives me a reason not to go to Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> have to find a place to watch the game and do my job. But, hey, I don't have to be there. <laughs> Where would you rather be, Auburn or Fayetteville? Um, you can keep name. Auburn or Istanbul? I think what's not debatable. Auburn or Kiev? Yeah, <laughs> Samoa, um, Auburn or Siberia? Yeah. Siberia sounds nice. What is not is we kind of move on. What's not debatable is that what and it really wasn't cold that much. What Jordan and those guys did that night ramped up the intensity of the conversation. It yes. made Ole Miss fans more pissed off. It put Lane in a worse spot. It did. It caused tons of escalation that you never see from the SEC network. Right. That is the part where it's like. It shows you the certainty they felt about it, but it also created a huge issue at the same time. It probably will never happen again like that, but it does show you that they felt like they knew something. And I got to tell you, that night, I agreed with them. I mean, I did. And they were killing time. They were killing time. It was the topic. It but was it was a- ridiculous. Because it, it made everything worse. Like you just don't see that. Like it. It. Well, okay. Let's play. Let's play this out the other way. Yeah. Let's say he takes the job, and on Friday he's the coach at at Auburn. Nobody is retrospectively questioning that broadcast. They're like, oh shit, they knew something. Internally, though, you probably should. Hey, we us as a network. Is that really? Well, uh, because we never do that. We and, are, and by God, every 14 school. It, it, they stopped. If you go back and look at the Egg Bowl broadcast, they're like, hey, I know this is out there, but we're not talking about it. So They got reprimanded to some extent. Or it was kind of a, hey, Mm-mm. let's not forget that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I just journalistically go, they knew something. They had talked to a lot of people. They knew something. Because I can tell you this, the Arkansas staff believed that they were going to Auburn. Mm-hmm. And they had talked to the Arkansas staff. Because, oh, I see. Okay, I see. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. There was absolutely a belief inside the Arkansas football building that Lane Kiffin was taking the Auburn job. I forgot Lane did that. He completely reversed course on the whole yardage thing against from Bama to Arkansas. He yeah. used both sides was, of the same coin. It was a it's a weird night. 
Um, it just, it, it, had you been there that night, and I think this was the difference too. If you were just watching on television, you saw and heard one thing. If you were actually there, it felt different. So, Ole Miss had a practice on Saturday. Observations up at for that. They resume from an open practice standpoint tomorrow morning. Lane will speak to the media sometime around 1130 tomorrow. Players as well. I don't know if we still are doing the offense one day, defense the next thing or not. No idea. Um, as you're aware, we got all quarterbacks here today. Except one. I'm oh, sorry. That's right. Jackson Dart did not speak to the media. He, he had uh, class. He had class on Thursday. Um. Spencer Sanders did not throw a football on Saturday during the wasn't a scrimmage during the normal practice that was on the practice fields on Saturday. I've said that he has just been on a pitch count recovering the shoulder, that it was pre-planned, that he had a little soreness earlier in the week, and they're being careful, no big deal. It was not something that happened from an injury standpoint throughout Thursday's scrimmage. He took no reps at all outside of team, and I think it was only a couple in team, and it was – design runs or handoffs or just something that did not cause him to throw the football. But it continues to be such the interesting part of the story is that he's competing for the starting quarterback job without a healthy shoulder and has a very small timetable to do so. It just yeah, is I, I, it's weird. I I don't again. It's weird. One thing I, I this is a preview of ten thoughts is that I'm I'm having to remind myself to stop thinking conventionally. That we're not covering a conventional program right now, and so you have. And to it's s- not a conventional time with an IL and transfer right. portal. I mean, like it, it's again, he might be cutting edge and on the forefront where you go, I be damn sure. Or you might go, oh my god, I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I mean, I, logic tells you one thing, conventional wisdom tells you one thing, but reality might tell you something different. We don't know. It's it's March the twenty seventh. Ole Miss doesn't play a football game for more than five and a half months. I don't know. I don't know what quarterbacks are here or not here come fall. I will say this. It's almost kind of odd to watch because Ole Miss has had capable quarterbacks for a while now for the most part, but you typically don't see three dudes with that much talent on the field. Wait, I'm, I'm not used to that. Just covering practice with with, with 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 those three quarterbacks. I mean, well, the one that has Walker the most Howard talent, looks really good. The one who has the most talent is Walker Howard. Yes. Now he's younger. Well, I told I was talking to Jake Thompson at practice on Saturday, and I kind of leaned over and I went, in my head. I have Walker Howard, the backup quarterback, just sort of my preconceived notion going in. I'm watching Sanders and Dart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not necessarily considering him for the job, but if I take the numbers off their jerseys and just watch them, I go, he had the best day. It's one day, one day, one day. But I go, no, that looks real. Looks no, really his, real. His arm talent's real. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unique. Then he hasn't started, you know, Spencer Sanders has started 42 games. Austin, I mean, Jackson has started 16 or 17 games now between USC and Ole Miss. So. Yeah, experience an ex- is not there, obviously. You know, it's difficult for me to watch Walker Howard and go, yeah, he's waiting for 2025 to be the quarterback. I, I find that. Difficult to uh, wrap my head around. 
And I don't think he came here thinking that. So, again, at the risk of having the same conversation for six months, I mean, again, if if Walker Howard felt like third string was on in the cards, he, he wouldn't was, be here. He'd just be at LSU right now, or he would have transferred to TCU. He transferred to Ole Miss because in in the when he sat down at dinner with Ole Miss, that's what they told him. So the question becomes, Spencer, why did you come to Ole Miss? And he kind of got asked that the other day, and his answer was, I, I, I always bet on myself. I'm not afraid to compete. Is that all of the answer? Which is an answer, but doesn't make sense in the context of the way the question is being asked. You know, I asked, why did you leave Oklahoma State? Well, and, and some people watched Spencer Sanders' interview and said, oh, he was aloof or didn't care. No, he's just older. He's been through this yeah. circus. He yeah. does, like, it's, he started 42 games in the mm-hmm. Big 12. This isn't about, like, he, he's not really even a college athlete anymore. Like, he's just well, he's, here playing football. He's 23 and, years yeah. old. He's married. Um, I mean, he's competing and he's focused on that and he's probably a little worried about the shoulder and he's got one last chance and here's where we are. I mean, I've got a different theory, but it's nothing but a theory. And so I'm almost reluctant to express it because people take it from, hey, McCready's theory to he's reporting. And I'm not. I don't know. I kind of wonder if maybe he's just playing the role of good soldier right now, but that's just me. I don't see a scenario where all three of them are out there in August happy and content and, quote, loving each other. I, and, that, and, that's and, that's and irrational. It's possible you're right. But he has he's not throwing every day. But they don't play for five and a half months. No, I, I, I get that. Where f- for that to be true, what fans have to realize is it's not a competition. Right. Because he can't compete. You know but saying. they knew when they brought him I in know, that's my that point. he had a like, shoulder deal. I know. That's what I'm saying. They probably know specifics about the shoulder deal. Sure. Probably just needs a little time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think he's in danger. I mean, Mercer's not rolling in the town this weekend. No. we got half a year, basically. I mean, we do this spring thing. There's still eight college baseball weekends left. <laughs> they still got a whole summer. Yeah. June. July. I know. He won't take a meaningful rep until August. That's the eighth month. We're in the third month. I don't know if you heard, but this is March. Yeah. We still got April, May, June, July to go before we get to a place where, hey, his shoulder is a problem. It's kind of funny. You basketball decides they're champion in April and baseball in November when it's October and March. That's true. They can't fit it into a window. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, practices are open. Lane changed his mind. Uh, whatever. Uh, tomorrow for that, Thursday, Saturday. Um, so, baseball. Ole Miss gets swept by Florida over the weekend. Should, should it's not the right word. Had a very real chance to win game one. They played a Saturday doubleheader. They played a game on Sunday. They had a 6-3 lead in the eighth inning on um, Saturday in the first game. They bring in Mason Nichols for the eighth. Florida scores four runs in that inning, two in the next inning in the ninth. They end up winning 9-7. 
and the Rebels' best chance to win a game. They um, got popped pretty good in the finale on Saturday and then lost 7-4 in a day yesterday where they only had two hits through seven innings, had a really hard time getting to Florida pitching even on a Sunday, um, just could not hold down Florida's offense at any point over the weekend. And Florida's very elite. So Florida opened the door for them a little bit in the eighth. Made and two they, errors. And they and, hit into yeah. a double play, and that was that. Yeah, there were opportunities. Florida did not play overly crisp baseball throughout the weekend whatsoever. And look, Ole Miss opened with Vanderbilt and Florida, so you can at least say that. You can go, hey, that's two really, really damn good baseball teams. Um, at least you're not Mississippi State. The Bulldogs have now lost 18 straight SEC games. Oof. They lost 11, no, 17. They lost 11 to end last season, and now they are 0-6 this season, so State's lost 17 in a row. Wow. You didn't realize that? I knew it was a big number. I didn't. That number is just when you hear it, you're like, whoa, that's a lot of games. If it had been in one season, literally, they'd go more than half this year without winning an SEC game. Um, but Ole Miss 0 and 6, uh, it doesn't, it gets easier because AM is not playing great baseball, but it doesn't get easier. It's AM, Arkansas, then you get state, LSU. Here's the problem. And then whatever. The problem is math. The problem is math. Okay. So you have 24 games left. Three of them are against LSU, who's an absolute juggernaut. Very good. So I think it's only – I think you have to assume that you're not going to win that series. Frankly, if you get one out of that series, you being anybody do, right When now, you do the math, say that's one and two, and then you go – So now you're one and eight with 21 games left. Yeah. Okay. To get to the NCAA tournament – 14 and six. 14 and 8. Yeah, I was going to say 13 wins gets you maybe into the bubble. 14 oh, probably. 13 and 8, yeah. 13. So you got to go 13 and 8 in the other 21 games. And it's doable if you look at the teams. Sure. A&M, it's Georgia. Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, yeah. Auburn. It's it's doable. But, but, you your, but your margin is is really small. You can't afford a bad weekend and you have to start now. You have to win two at Texas A&M because you have to assume that you're probably not going to sweep Arkansas. You could win two, but you're probably not going to sweep them. They're four and two. They got one at LSU. Um, you, you you got LSU coming up. You, you, you probably have to sweep Mississippi State. And it's down there on Super Bulldog weekend. Yeah, and, and you, you, Auburn's there. Alabama, Missouri, Missouri's playing pretty well. I mean, yeah. I, mean I mean, just just it's it's hard. You got to go right now. Because if you let's say you lose two out of three to A and M, okay, and you come home and let's say you lose two out of three to Arkansas, it's over. You're done. Math you're, gets you. The math is done because at that point you're two and two and ten with LSU. Even if you get one, you're three and twelve, and it's over. You're, you're not. You're not going there. And so it's time, and they've run out of time, and and they've so you've got to pitch better. And you got to pitch better right and now. And look, it's pitching. Like I, of course, I know pitching. the message board keeps going. Hey, you got to hit better. There's so much pressure on that offense to score because they are not pitching. That I'm not blaming the offense. They got to Brandon Sprode and scored seven runs in an SEC opener against a Florida kid throwing a hundred with a ninety mile an hour changeup. You did your freaking job. Yeah, they they, they hit the kid in that game had, two. They get beat twelve to nine or something. Yeah. Like it's, you scored nine runs, you should win an SEC game. Yeah, they the, the offense. If you're holding them to the standard of no, they've just got to do more, then you're you're asking for perfection, and that's impossible. Oh, that, unrealistic. 
Yeah, it, it's impossible. So you look, did the offense waste chances? Yes, but every offense in the country wastes chances at some point. Of in course, any, I mean, across the board, they did plenty to win that series offensively, given what they were going against. Because Hurston Waldrop is a hell of a pitcher for a number two. Brandon mm-hmm. Sproat was has been excellent this season. Mm-hmm. Even you know they gave up six runs through three innings in the second game on Saturday, and then put up a five spot to get right back in it. But then they get right back in it, and Florida scores again. Like it's. There's a deflating part for the offense in the standpoint of every time they go on a run, they don't get that shutdown inning the next inning to bring them back to the plate. They're always just chasing their tail right now because they cannot get outs from that standpoint. So, no, there's there's a lot here. There's there's more into pitching. Um, I'll get into it. We'll go to a break. We'll come back. We'll finish with baseball, obviously. Um, before we do that, Prime Shrimp, PrimeShrimp.com, seven different flavors available for you. Their lemon cracked pepper, their New Orleans style barbecue, their two most recent offerings there. Use code RG, buy five packs or more, and you get 25% off with Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Remember, they mail them straight to your house, throw them in the freezer fewer than 10 minutes, a freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Got busy week with kids and sports activities. A lot more of that starting as uh, the spring and summer near. So Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Again, code RG to take advantage of that special offer just through the website and the podcast. Brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in multiple states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. If you're thinking about a summer vacation, get in touch with my buddy John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. See if he can help you with some options. You don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Don't forget, if you're coming up to town, uh, I guess, uh, in the next couple of weeks for uh, baseball or whatever the case may be, double-decker, whatever the case, stop by OPA. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's the perfect place to uh, enjoy an evening of fabulous food, craft libations, OPA on the Square in Oxford. I'll have a mailbag to you on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, seeking an entry-level position, or you're a seasoned professional, they can help you. They have opportunities across the board. It's always free for the candidates to get in touch with Will, Sydney, or Kelsey at 662-832-5138 or on their website, servicespecialistltd.com. And don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So uh, call Corinth Dental. Today, for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And uh, don't 
Don't forget to check out our friends at Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's a lot to be offered at Southern Traditions, including house horseback riding offerings from um, beginners to advanced. Uh, you can compete in nationally recognized competitions as well. So get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions Farm on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Yeah, look, there's no easy way to to what exactly has happened with the pitching staff. There's several different things here. Um, first, from a number standpoint, I wrote about this yesterday. Ole Miss 0-6 in the SEC for the first time since 1996. That was uh, a team that actually was 0-7 because they lost LSU in a non-conference game. Ole Miss used to play in the Winn-Dixie Classic in the Superdome and play some Louisiana teams in the non-con every year. Um, they finished 7-23. and If Ole Miss loses on Friday in College Station, it would be the first time Ole Miss has lost seven SEC games to begin a season since 1935. Ooh. Um, that team went 0-10 um, in league play in like 5-13 and overall or something like that. Um, to the point that I was going back through the stats and I wasn't sure who some of the abbreviations were for the teams they were playing. I wasn't sure if Sewanee was on the schedule counting as an SEC game or not. So I had multiple issues. If that, if that explains anything, that's how far back it was, is that there are multiple times where I had to look up whether Tulane was in the league when I was looking for um, stats there. But look, yes, they have injuries. It's very obvious. They have their ace out with Hunter Elliott. They have their closer coming into the season out with Josh Mallets and Riley Maddox is a very talented arm that's at least out right now. Those make huge things. There's a trickle-down sure. effect to that with Jack Doherty is in a role that he is, is not best suited for where he's having – he's competing his ass off, but – there's a difference in being able to get through the lineup once or twice and give you some innings and be a shutdown ace that can carry you through a game. When there's so many different aces in this league right now, I was texting with Colin Brister about it, and the pitching across the league is so good that you can't count on your offense to run through teams. If the league was just offensive with subpar pitching, it would help Ole Miss's situation a lot more because you would just get into a bunch of scoring fest and try to outscore people. But the pitching across the board is pretty good. So you're – at a larger disadvantage than you would have been at some other seasons. They've got the injuries. They have a lot of newcomers, and none of them have necessarily taken the jumps as fast as they thought. Grayson Saunier is dealing with some confidence issues. He's getting too much of the plate. Um, Xavier Rivas is honestly pitching pretty well. Three weeks in a row, he's giving them a complete chance on, on Sundays to win the game. That's all you can ask for. I don't think he's been bad at all, but the – true story is that out of your Friday and Saturday starters, there have been six weeks on the year. So six times two, that's 12 and 12 weekend starts on Friday and Saturday. When you need your best pitching performances, Ole Miss has gone at least six innings one time. Yeah. You're getting, into, you're getting into a big enough you're bringing more bullpen. Right. At that point, you have to go to your bullpen more. You're using more arms and they just have not not only taken the steps as freshmen, which is to be expected. You go back and look at it. Drew Pomeran struggled as a freshman. Lance Lynn was not a starter early on in his career. There's it's there's lots league. of it's a tough league. Yeah, there's lots of stuff here on why those guys. I'm not criticizing the signing class that they're not carrying this team right now. But you don't have a lot of upperclassmen that have taken real jumps. Now they're getting more out of Mitch Morell than they have in the past. He's been pretty good in the bullpen, but there's not enough of those guys. And then they didn't bring in people who were direct impact arms. And again, lots of reasons for that. Nick Pogue signed a minor league contract. He was supposed to be a weekend starter. He was at Florida last season. 
And when he decided, most of the premium arms had already chosen their school. He did it so late in the process that it wasn't like, oh, well, now Ole Miss is just not going into the portal. There was no one left in the portal that was a premium well, arm at that point. Paul Skeens. I mean, I mean, well, they should have. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That would have helped. Um, that would have been a benefit. Um, they just lost out on Watts Brown, who went to Oklahoma State. Yeah, and he's been good. I mean, I'm writing about it today. I mean, they. He he was the one true. They went hard after him. He it was down to Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Oklahoma State, and he picked the Cowboys. Okay, I mean you know, and it, both Ole Miss and Arkansas could use him right now. They could use him. Like, yeah, I was I was in Fayetteville on Saturday, and I heard someone talking about Paul Skeens. I mean, Arkansas went after him hard, like threw a ton of NIL at him, and he went to LSU. And if you change those roles, it's a different deal. LSU's just they're really loaded. Good. This. Young pitching staff is also dealing with a much tighter strike zone um, than pre- previous years. I think it's because of the clock and because umpires are getting graded by track man more yes. quickly. Yes. I think it's both of those things. I do too. And again, yes, I know somebody's shaking their head going, that's everybody. Yes, but veteran pitchers are going to handle that better than freshmen coming into this league and trying to navigate their way through the You've league. You've been pitching high school and travel ball where the zones are typically big. And you're the best guy out there. And now you're not the best guy out there, and the zone is tight, and you're not getting those two, three inches on the outside or the inside or at the top of the zone, and you're having to work fast. You don't have as much time to collect yourself when you feel like you didn't get a call. You're having to go right back into it and pitch, and it's an adjustment period. And and this is a brutal league where you face lineups like Florida's and LSU's and A&M on A&M, Friday. A&M, it just, it's just, it's a tough, tough league, man. Look around the league. It's a tough, tough league. Well, and, and I guess my point is they weren't going deep in games even prior to this competition to level. Getting they weren't the doing it against right. the Big Ten teams. Right. So the expectation wasn't that suddenly they were going to go seven, eight innings against A&M and Arkansas and teams like that. It, look, Ole Miss has a pitching problem. It's very obvious. Can it be solved right now? I don't know. Um, they have to get healthy to have a chance. I don't think – I don't see a Delusia just sitting over there that hasn't been chosen yet. I mean, I guess I could be proven wrong, but that doesn't appear to be the same situation. Um, they're going to tinker. They're going to do some things. I would not be stunned at all if JT Quinn doesn't move into the rotation this week. That was – I thought Mike gave that away yesterday when I asked him who was going to start on Tuesday against Southern, and he said he had no idea yet. I think it, they're going to move Quinn. They'll figure out the Tuesday game against Southern Miss and Pearl and go from there. Quinn gave up four hit runs in four innings against Florida, but looked okay doing it. It was kind of a weird game. Delusia had a couple of those bullpen games last year where you went, that was better than that was, if you will. Like so, when you watch the stuff, it was okay. What are they running into against AM? Well, they're learning to Detmer on Friday, who's got a live arm and could be dominant, but has not put it together at all. Right. Um, a guy who's gotten beat around, has not thrown strikes, has really struggled with the clock, and they're looking at an A&M offense that might have had more um, position player All-SEC preseason guys than any other team in the conference, but they've really struggled. It's been their best players who have not played well to this point. I think they're being most affected by their pace of play versus the clock and getting sped up and not being able to do what they kind of want to do as a program. But it's going to be a tall task. I mean, it's a hard place to play in College Station. They've got a lot of experienced bats in that lineup. And, yeah, JT Quinn's another freshman. There's just no experience ever anywhere where you're pulling guys out. I mean, you look at – I mean, I had the stat. Ole Miss, players who pitched 
10 or more innings last year, or even at any Division One school last year, Mason Nichols and Jack Doherty. That's it. Yeah, Those are the only two pitchers that Ole Miss is using that have thrown 10 or more innings in a previous season. Does it become a situation in two or three weeks if things don't go great that you say, hey, it's time to give guys some seasoning to get figure out, A, what you have, and B, get guys ready for next year? I mean, it's a little early to say that. Yeah, not yet. Um, but like, if this weekend goes badly, you've got to start thinking about program over team. Well, what you've got to do right now is figure out a role that can give Grayson Sonia some confidence. Because look, I get he has not looked like people have billed. I mean, Mike Bianco does not give out those compliments very often. He said he had a better fall than any freshman he's ever seen. He's talented. He's going to win games at the college level. He is a freshman. And not all freshmen get there as quickly as other freshmen do. Of course. Figure out a role that he can gain some confidence, whether that's the back of the end of the bullpen, whether that's a Tuesday starter. I don't know. At this point, you need him to feel good about the situation. You need to use him. I think Quinn has earned a weekend start to see what happened relative to what everything else is going on inside that rotation and that team right now. I guess my point is, I think in some ways that's what's happening organically without necessarily doing that, is you, you're you using Tekoyan in a lot of high-leverage roles to see if he can handle those. You're using... You know, they're gonna if they move Sonya around and I'm right on that prediction as they've got going on, you give Quinn a weekend start, you're seeing those freshmen and going, Hey, here, trial by fire, learn from it, see where it goes, because it's just also their best option right now. It's where and, and look, I guess this is possible, but I don't think it's what's in Mike's head. Part of me wonders if you don't just move Doherty to the bullpen to put him back in his best role to try to win a game if you have the lead and can get to him instead of starting him. I get that it's a gamble, but at the end of the day, maybe that's the play is to go, hey, I've got this guy who can be very dominant at the end of games. Let's just put him where he's supposed to be and try to figure the rest out. Because they could have used him. They would have won a game probably had they had him in the back of the bullpen. Now the argument to that is he started the game that put him in position to win the yeah. game late. <laughs> that's the problem with that. Yeah. Mike's not listening, but if he were, he would say, there's just no perfect option on the menu. If there were, I would have no, selected and, it. And look, I'm not putting it at his feet at all. I mean, he's trying. But Nason, Mason Nichols struggling is a worst-case scenario for this team because he was the one bullpen guy they thought they had. Because, you know, Mike caught criticism on Friday, on Saturday in that game one. Mitch Morrell had thrown really well, had gone 2.1 innings without allowing a hit. He had shut Florida down, gave Ole Miss a lot of momentum. They built the three-run lead. It was only 31 pitches. Pitch count was still pretty low, and he went to Nichols in the eight to get six outs and a save. On paper, I completely understand what he was doing. You sure. don't want Morrell to see a second time through the order. It's not something he's really been through before. He did his job. He got them to their bullpen ace at that point, and then they blew the game. Yeah, Mike had to look at it at the time and go, hey, I asked him, I asked him to do this, and he did it. Now I got to go to the next guy. It might have been a – might have been as simple as I don't feel like I asked him to do this. He did it. Now I'm going to ask for something else right now. And then he doesn't do that and he views it as failure. And it is different when a lineup comes back around, comes back you. around and they see a pitcher a second time. It is totally different. I, I saw the criticism. I thought it was unwarranted. You, you got to your closer. Hey, go give me six outs. And he couldn't do it. And that happens. He, he doesn't have much of an out pitch right now. His velo is a touchdown. It's just stuff. It, 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 it's I, Mike is frustrated with his pitchers right now in a lot of different ways. 
But in some ways, I don't feel like it's even like last year where he was almost kind of panicked because he saw so many answers and couldn't get to them. Yeah. In some ways, he kind of goes, that's what I got. Yeah. I mean, there's not – there's only so much energy you can put into that at that point and see what you and know what you have. I mean, so. sometimes it's just not in the cards. You know what I mean? I mean, this might be that year yeah. where you're just not good enough. But if if there is a path, it is Quinn being decent and it's Elliot getting healthy. That's your path. And if there's a path, it starts this weekend. It does. You hate to put the pressure on people, but it starts this weekend. If, if, if well, because you've got a young team, you can't. If one and eight, I mean, they're not. They're seeing. Yeah, one and eight. Arkansas comes to town. Arkansas is going to be motivated to get you. Then after that, you got to go to state. Well, that's a good for point because that's going to be a rivalry they haven't seen yet. Yeah, and Arkansas. That's going to be a tough Saturday for Sonia or Quinn yeah. or whoever takes the ball and goes. Oh, this is different. Yeah, they're going to want. Yeah, and yeah, then, and then after. State, LSU. After State, then it's LSU. <laughs> and LSU is so good that they can absolutely take your confidence and rip it apart, tear it into shreds, light it on fire, and laugh at it. Their their lineup is just brutal. Um, JM asking why you have to start your best pitcher. You don't. I mean, you can pitch backwards. The it's, risk is if you fall behind and you never get to use him with the yeah. game in hand. Yeah, you he never pitches in a consequential inning is the is the problem there. And in college baseball, it's so built on emotion. There is something to a Friday arm taking the ball and giving you sort of a jump start to the weekend. But and when you don't have one of those, because frankly, you as fans, you haven't seen that much. Ole Miss almost always has an ace that can go get that yeah. opener. It's it's a freaking struggle when you don't have one. Arkansas is doing this right now with Hagen Smith, who's yeah. probably their best arm, and they're using him in a swing capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's worked twice for them. They, you know, he came in and and they beat LSU on Friday with him pitching, like what do you throw eighty pitches and that was a great game, but it's just hard. Um, by the way, the Jack Caglianon for Florida is one hell of a baseball player. He was yeah. fun to watch all weekend. He's he's the best two way player in the league since Stephen Head. Um, he's he's phenomenal. Um, maybe nationally since that Louisville kid that I'm forgetting my his name a few years ago. So. They're they're Florida's real. Florida's real. I mean, it's the other part. Ole Miss has played two really good teams. Vanderbilt's very good. We get a little obsessed with some of their offensive numbers, aren't whatever, but they'll they'll pitch you to the point where you don't have to have great offense. It's just a loaded league. I mean, Dylan Cruz down there at LSU hitting just missiles everywhere, just missiles. Yeah, Mikey Mata called him the best player in LSU history. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, that's... And they got other dudes that are in the same ballpark with him. Not as good as he is, obviously, but really good players. And Skeens has been much better than I thought he was going to be. I was wrong. Yeah, he's electric. He is. He's 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 phenomenal. He's upper 90s, and they bring in guys out of the bullpen, throw in 100. Their second and third starters are still very solid they're they're really really good they're 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 four and two but don't be don't don't judge their record they're they're the best team in the league just quickly as we close today's show the weekend series this week if you want to watch around for uh for some games south carolina is at mississippi state gamecocks have played pretty well so far this season they uh they're in starkville georgia is that crowd what will the crowd be in starkville been dwindling quickly yeah um lamona's taking all the heat saying it's his fault but 
And I've talked to people around college baseball and goes, they have talent. They're just Lamonis is getting into this issue, in my opinion, not source, but I'm going to ask people this week because I wonder about it with several teams. We've gotten so obsessed with velocity that our people stopping and going, can they pitch? And the answer is not yes in a lot of ways, especially with this strike zone change that nobody necessarily expected. Nobody knew to plan for this, and it's affected things. Is you, they, You're throwing into a much tighter zone. And they if thought you they'd have the zone pitch, from last year where you had this huge and, zone. It was mm-hmm. so big. No. Georgia's at Vanderbilt. Good luck, Bulldogs. Have fun. Auburn is at Florida. Good luck, Tigers. Yeah. Auburn does not look good right now. No, just go get one. If you're Ole Miss Auburn. A&M. Tennessee in Baton Rouge this weekend. Sign me up. Yeah. See how that one goes. Balls are... Mm. They looked good over the weekend. They did. Alabama and Arkansas in Fayetteville. Mm. It's a big weekend for Alabama. Yeah. They... they, they, they just, yeah. And Feels like that's two out of three for the Hogs. And then, my eyes are not deceiving me, number 22 Missouri at number 23 Kentucky. Kentucky ranked this week. Um after getting off to a 5-1 and one start in the SEC. Congrats to them because I thought they were the worst team in the league and it wasn't close, but they swept the Bulldogs, beating them up, and then lost uh, – or took, sorry, took two out of three from Alabama, winning 4-3, 9-5, and losing 4-3 in that one. So, No, both of those teams are a little better than people thought they were going to be. The top part of the league is really, really good. It is. And if you're Ole Miss, you got to feel that's the one solace you can take out you of this those is that teams. you've played two of those teams. Yeah. So, anyway, back tomorrow with another show. We'll continue to discuss football and whatever else comes up throughout the week. Again, football practice resuming tomorrow from a uh, media standpoint. So, check rebelgrove.com. In the meantime, stay safe, and we'll talk to you then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.